0: Welcome into another episode of Locked on Phillies. In today's episode, I'm going to share what I think will be the Phillies' best possible lineup in the 2024 season. We're also going to dive into what the Phillies are still looking for in free agency. And also, we got a little preview of the Phillies' potential City Connect jerseys this year. I'll tell you how I feel about that as well in today's episode. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the YouTube if you have not done that already. It gets you notifications when new episodes are posted, and it really helps us out here. If you want to help me out, if you like my content, subscribing to the YouTube is the best way to do it. Cost you nothing, takes two seconds of your time. So appreciate that very much if you're going to do that. Today's episode is brought to you by Fandle. Make every moment more. New customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fandle.com slash locked on to get started. Now, I did this exercise yesterday uh, on air on the radio, and I thought it would be a fun one to bring my thoughts on here to the podcast. So I was asked, what would be my ideal lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2024? And I didn't really have any thoughts on that yet. I hadn't gotten to that point. We're still waiting for spring training. By the way, happy February. Spring training begins with pitchers and catchers reporting for the Phillies on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So we are two weeks away from hearing a mitts pop down there in Clearwater. So it's right around the corner, folks. Uh, we're also back to five episodes a week here on the Locked On Baseball channel, which includes Locked On Phillies. But anyway, back to um, the presentation like predicted lineup, I guess we'll call it, the projected lineup, this is what I would do if I was Rob Thompson. This would be the lineup that I would trot out game one, and I'd see how it works and how these guys fit together. Starting with the leadoff spot. This one's simple. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Kyle Schwarber is going to be the leadoff hitter for the Phillies in 2024, at least to start the year. The first at bat of the Philadelphia Phillies season is going to be taken by Kyle Schwarber. Unless something happens crazily in spring training. But if you're one of the people that's wasting their breath still saying, Kyle Schwarber's not a leadoff hitter. He doesn't look like a leadoff hitter. He's not a fast runner. Stop. Just save your breath. You're wasting it. The Phillies win when he bats leadoff. He makes pitchers uncomfortable from the jump. This team has had success with him as the leadoff hitter. They're not going to change it. Kyle Schwarber is batting leadoff for me if I'm the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Batting in the two-hole, Trey Turner. And I think Trey Turner, if Kyle Schwarber misses time, not misses time, but if Kyle Schwarber has games where he's not the leadoff hitter, the reason will be because Trey Turner has had such a strong season, they can't not put him at leadoff. They tried him at leadoff a couple times this past season in 2023. The issue was he was just so cold to start the year, there was no justification for giving him a chance to be the leadoff hitter in any type of uh, large capacity. So he's going to bat two for me. And Kyle Schwarber is kind of that instant offense. Trey Turner is a guy that's a great, well-rounded hitter. And I want someone that's going to be a high average hitter on for the guy batting three and the guy batting four. Also, you start with a lefty, Trey Turner right-handed, perfect combination there. And you can't drop Trey Turner down. I want to get him as many as at-bats as possible. So if he's not going to bat leadoff, he's going to bat second. The third spot in the lineup. There's only one man who could be there. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who's batting third for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2024, you must have just found us. Welcome to Philadelphia Phillies fandom. Bryce Harper's batting third. There's no question about that. It is his spot. He wears the number on his jersey. You could just ink him in there forever. So we've got to review so far. Schwarber leading off. Turner batting second. Harper batting third. And that goes lefty batter, righty batter, lefty batter. Now, who's batting cleanup? There are a couple options. I'd like to continue the right to left. And I'll tell you more about that while we get further down in the lineup. But for me, the guy I want batting cleanup is Nick Castellanos. That's who I would have in the cleanup spot for a couple of reasons, right? Look at the power you have available outside of the three guys that have already hit. Schwerber off the table, Turner off the table, Harper off the table. Who's your next best power hitter? It's not Bohm, it's not Rojas, it's not Marsh, um, it's not Stott. So that leaves, really, JT, and it leaves Castellanos. Now, JT has demonstrated power in the past. He had a bit of a drop-off this past year. And I want to put him in a spot where his overall hitting is more accentuated than what it would be in the cleanup spot. Nick Castellanos is one of those free-swinging, gap-to-gap power, can hit doubles, but can also hit the ball out of the yard, and he really showed a bit of the power stroke in the postseason last year and in the regular season. You see what he can do when he gets hot. He can hit crazy home runs that put him in a conversation with Reggie Jackson. That's a name to be included with in any conversation. That should make you feel good. Uh, I think Castellanos is the linchpin to this lineup because if he just falls apart in the cleanup spot, you're kind of you're in trouble for lack of a better term that I don't want to use. Uh, You're in major trouble if Nick Castellanos falls apart and is free-swinging his stuff and swings outside the strike zone like he did since coming to Philadelphia as just flailing at points. And I think Nick Castellanos had a good year last year. I'm higher on Castellanos than it seems that some people are. I'm just saying, like, he needs to have slightly better approaches during at-bats, but the power fits great in that cleanup spot for me. The five-hole then. So I've gone lefty righty, lefty, and then Castellanos is a righty, who's going to bat in the fifth spot? Because there doesn't seem to be a lefty that fits the mold of a five-hole hitter. You might think, well, put JT there. Put Alec Boehm there. I'm going to do this a little bit different. I'll explain why. I'm going to have Bryson Stott bat fifth. You might say, well, Stott doesn't really have the power that you'd like to see from a middle of the lineup hitter. And I'll say, you're right. He's not a power hitter. But I'm going to divide this lineup because of how deep it is, because how talented a lot of players are. You're going to have some good hitters further down than they should be in a normal lineup. That's just the nature of having a really good offensive team, and I think the Phillies have a really good offensive team. So I'm going to look at this as two four-man lineups. Okay? Stay with me on that. Two four-man lineups. Schorber leads off the first, then Turner, Harper, Castellanos. You got everything there. Right-handed power, left-handed power. A left-handed solid hitter, Bryce Harper. A right-handed solid hitter, Trey Turner. Speed and athleticism while also having guys with gap power. You cover it all. So let's rebuild that in the same mold starting over. Bryson Stott in the five hole is going to be similar to a leadoff hitter for me. Like It's that same type of thought process. A guy that puts together great at-bats, great contact. If Nick Castellanos is going to strike out to end an it. If he's going to strike out and miss an opportunity, I want someone protecting Nick Castellanos. That is a high average hitter. And there's a chance that yes, even with Trey Turner as part of this team, that Bryson Stott is going to have the best average when everything's all said and done. I could see this guy being a 300 hitter. I could see him being better than a 300 hitter, 310, maybe even 315. Who knows what his ceiling is, especially if Rob Thompson gives him a look against lefties more than he has in the past. So, I'm going to have Bryson Stott that fifth for that reason and kind of start a next segment of the lineup. And then that's where JT Romito comes in. I can't justify dropping JT any further down than sixth. He still has the ability to create offense just on his own. There's a little bit more speed when you look at a little bit less pop down here in the bottom part of the lineup, but a little more speed if you're looking at these comparable lineups. So stock can move. JT can move. He can really do it all at the plate. is just consistency is dropped off, and that's why I'm dropping him lower down in the lineup. Maybe having him lower in the lineup will give him an opportunity to not get off to a slow start like he did this past year. So I'm going to have JT bat sixth. Then seventh, I'm going to have Brandon Marsh. I'm going to go ahead and put him in there as a guy who I think is a very well-rounded hitter and doesn't get enough credit. He's shown pop at points. He's shown contact to points. He's got speed. He's got really everything that you could look for for just a solid bottom of the order major league hitter. He's not going to be in the top four or five hitters on this team, but I think he deserves an opportunity to be higher up and see how he does uh, when you're putting him in there with names like JT and Bryson Stott. How does he factor in? He could be a higher or RBI guy than you would expect this year with those guys hitting above him. And plus, you still got the lefty-righty thing going all the way down the lineup. And you might say, okay, well, Marsh is solid. you got to put him somewhere. But you haven't mentioned Alec Bohm yet. And I'm putting Alec Bohm in the eight hole. And it is not because I don't think he had a good year last year. He collapsed in the postseason. He did. And that's something he's going to have to fix. But in the regular season, he was unbelievable. I mean, 100 RBI guy. Like, he was clutch. He was a big part of this team offensively. So, why am I having him hit eighth? Because I am obsessed with the idea that gave Michael Franco one of the best months by a third baseman power wise in Phillies history. Michael Franco had a stretch where he was batting in the eight hole, where he was just hitting a home run like every other game. It was insane what he did. And it was short lived. And Alec Bohm is a better player than Michael Franco. He is. I firmly believe that. But Something about those lower spots in the lineup. You see more fastballs. You see less focus. You get to a point where they've gone through. Think about the names that they've already had to fight through. This is a starter. They've had to fight through Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos. All those guys have been all-stars before. Then you go to Bryson Stott, one of the best young hitters in baseball. Jay Triamuto, who's been an all-MLB catcher. And part of that is because of his offensive numbers. Brandon Marsh, a tricky at-bat at points. And then you're exhausted. You're like, my goodness, okay, how tough is this lineup? And here comes Alec Boehm looking to add a little bit more pop this year, even though he added some last year. And he's going to see more opportunities to just see fastballs. He will. I want to artificially inflate his power numbers by putting him in a spot in the lineup where, yes, he'll get less at-bats, but he'll get more prime pitching to hit out of the yard. And if he can improve the power stroke, Maybe he does move up in the lineup at some point. This is just where I would start it. And it gives him an opportunity to produce that power on pitches that are not quite as competitive on average. So that's why I like Alec Bohm dropping down a little bit here. And I also look at guys like Stott, like Marsh, like the guy who's batting ninth, you could put it together. Johan Rojas is going to be batting in the nine hole, as he should be. And I say, okay, well, you can't have Stott, Marsh, Rojas down here. And if those guys struggle, young players, um, Someone's going to have to pick up the slack. I think Alec Bohm has come into his own as a veteran hitter at the major league level. Maybe not a superstar or a star, but a just a veteran proven hitter that I feel comfortable that he's going to be able to add some just big time hits to the bottom of the lineup. The reason why I don't want Bohm higher up because is because like I don't have full faith in Brandon Marsh to be a great hitter, he could hit 260 this year. And Johan Roas, I don't have faith in him right now to be a major league hitter. We'll see. I don't think he can't be. I'm just saying, like, having faith in something is believing something's going to happen. I don't know what Johan Roas is as a major league hitter in an extended sample size in spite of him hitting over 300 in the regular season last year. So I want to make sure that there should be no point where you have an automatic two outs in this lineup. And if you put Marsh down there, and it turns out Marsh can't hit lefties and Rojas can't hit anybody, then you've got two automatic outs to turn over this lineup, and you're killing yourself when you get to that point. You insert Alec Boehm in there, you're always going to have a chance in every single inning, in every single pitching change, in every single situation. And that's also why I'm trying to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty. And I know I have two righties at the end with uh, Boehm and Rojas. That's just – how it shakes out because Rojas has to bat ninth. But you think about it, there's no spot where you have more than two of the same-handed hitter in a row in that lineup either, which makes it impossible for opposing managers to find great, consistent matchups for pitchers. That's the way it's got to be. In my mind, that's the perfect lineup. Again, I'll read it down for you. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos batting cleanup, Stott in the five-hole, JT batting sixth, Seventh, we're going with Brandon Marsh. Eighth, we're going with Alec Boehm. Ninth, Yohan Roas. You can let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree, but I think that's the best lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2024. And it's going to be hard for you to convince me otherwise, considering all the factors I just laid out there. Now, coming up on the other side, uh, I had a conversation with Jason Stark last night, Wednesday nights So the night that I do a show that Jason Stark calls into on the radio. He's a baseball Hall of Fame writer. He's a Philly guy, and he always has great nuggets on the Phillies. So I'm going to share with you some stuff that he said about what the Phillies are still looking for as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. But I got to tell you about eBay Motors first. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your automobile alive. eBay Motors have everything you need. maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance you got supercharged you got roof racks you got exhaust kits you got led headlights you might like speed you might like power you might like style we were just talking about that with the phillies lineup but if you need all of it a great team has all of it go to ebay motors they got you covered over 122 million parts for your car you're always going to find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time of your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. I love that saying. So all the parts you need at the prices you like, uh, what more could you want? I mean, eBay Motors is the MVP of the car parts game. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only, available to U.S. customers. So I spoke with Jason Stark yesterday on the radio. If you ever want to catch those, you can catch me on my full-time job, 97.5 The Fanatic, uh, on air there Wednesday nights. We have a conversation from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Jason Stark checks in. Uh, So you can go ahead and listen in for yourself, but you'll also only hear my interviewing. You won't hear mine and Ricky Batalico, former Phillies relief pitcher, who's a part of that show as well, the main host of that show, I should say. You will hear our asking of those questions, but we don't get a lot of time to react in full. So, I want to give you my reaction to some of the stuff that Jason uh, Stark said here. And one of the things that he said the Phillies are really focused on is one of the things that I brought up a couple weeks ago in an episode in the past. You can scroll back and find it. But the Phillies are very focused on roster flexibility. What that means is bringing in guys with options left, options to the minor leagues. That's why Colby Allard, when they signed him in free agency, they were intrigued because he was – a swingman who could also start, but he had options. So that's the mold, right? A versatile pitcher with minor league options remaining, and that could mean that you're looking at signing these guys onto minor league contracts. So uh, you're looking at it and you say, where's the big splash move? For pitchers, it's probably not coming. For an outfielder, you may get someone whose options don't matter, and you may just say, J.K., hit the road. Or Christian Pache, hit the bricks but then handle things that way i don't know how that's going to work out quite as well as it seems the bullpen is going to be but we've heard too from jason stark that the thought is that they could bring in two to maybe three more guys before spring training starts and that would be bullpen arms that would be swing starters guys with optionality and could be on a minor league deal And then the outfielder would be not necessarily a left-handed bat, but preferred to be a left-handed bat, a versatile fielder. And in the past, I find this funny. In the past, Jason Stark has told us a left-handed outfield bat. Now he's changing that to preferred left-handed outfield bat. And we're getting closer to the dream that I've had all offseason of Kike Hernandez being the depth piece for the Phillies. Just go sign him already. I'm losing my mind. But anyway. That's what the Phillies are looking for. That's what a little bit of their focus is on. And optionality is something that people that Jason Stark has talked to, and he has incredible sources. I mean, he is a baseball Hall of Fame writer. He knows everything there is to know about Major League Baseball. Um, Sources are uh, telling him that one of the major factors for the Phillies is that optionality. And that's why they've been outbid or they've moved on from certain guys because – if you're going to bring in someone who reduces your roster flexibility, it's got to be for the right price, and it's got to be the right player. They feel pretty confident that they have other guys in the system, too, that could help out. Andrew Belotti, Junior Marte, Dylan Covey. Uh, but those guys, Belotti, Covey, don't have minor league options left. So uh, you're looking at guys that if they're up here, they're up here, or they're going to have to clear waivers to get sent down. So it reduces your ability to – have moving pieces. So this is all very big when it comes to the focus of the Philadelphia Phillies. Just a thought process for why it's been a slow offseason for them. And there's a lot of contributing factors of why it's a slow offseason for everybody else. But the Phillies are not the only ones waiting to see what happens. And we'll keep you updated as things do uh, as we wrap up today's episode. The City Connect jersey leaks for the Philadelphia Phillies, if you haven't seen them around social media, I'll tell you about them, and um, I'll give you my thoughts because I certainly have thoughts. We'll get into that as we wrap up Lock on Phillies. I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook first, and happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I mean, there are a lot of great things you can focus on the Gatorade color, the coin toss. I mean, is the first kickoff out of bounds. Like I had a year where I bet the coin toss, the first kickoff out of bounds, the first touchdown score, the first touchdown score position, the first touchdown score number, whether or not the jersey number is above 45 or below 45. Like there are so many great things to bet on. And FanDuel has them all for you. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for, Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And like I told you already, so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit Fandle.com slash locked on to sign up. That's Fandle.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So wrapping up, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but uh, I'll go ahead and retweet the picture from my Twitter account and from the Locked On Phillies account. So my Twitter account, if you're not watching on YouTube, it's in the bottom of the screen, but I'll read it for you. It's at ConnorThomas975. So you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter, or you can follow our lock On Twitter account at LO underscore Phillies. And that will uh, take you to the team page, and you'll be able to look at – or rather the podcast show page – And you'll be able to see it on there. So I'll put it out from all the socials. But it's this lightning yellow and sky blue type jersey with this weird, almost lightning kind of font on it that just says Philly on the front. I'll tell you what. If this is indeed the City Connect jersey we're getting for 2024 i am so disappointed in whoever designed these jerseys there are so many cool ways you could have gone with it so many cool color schemes you could have used the phillies have a lot of really great underutilized colors the throwback maroon the throwback powder blue the cream colored the red batting practice jerseys uh, the white with red pinstripes the classic grays they have a bunch of uniforms that have all looked really darn good or at least had elements that looked really, really good, and all of a sudden we're seeing a blue and yellow Phillies jersey? Like, let's think, folks, if you've been around long enough, you remember what happened when the Eagles wore blue and yellow jerseys to talk about the Philadelphia Yellow Jackets or something that they were. I don't even know. I don't remember. It was years ago, and they actually – I do remember they played the Lions and beat the brakes off of them in that game, and the only time they wore those jerseys in the modern era. So uh, maybe blue and yellow is actually lucky, but my point is the fan base did not react all that well to those jerseys at the time. I don't see the Phillies fan base reacting well to these City Connect jerseys. I think they're hideous. I absolutely hate them, and I'm going to be very disappointed if you had a cool opportunity to make a City Connect jersey if this is what you come up with. So, uh, yeah, they are just – they're just not good, in my opinion. Maybe you like them. If you like them, I'm not here to try and tell you, well, don't get one or you're an idiot for liking them. No, I'm not saying that. You can have your – it's a jersey. You can have your opinion on it if you like it or not. I think they're hideous, and that's my personal opinion. So be prepared to see a jersey that you might not love this year if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan when it comes to the City Connect jerseys and those seem to stick around for a while. So uh, could be here to stay for a couple years. Not exactly stoked about that, but maybe they'll learn from fan base feedback and they'll change it before the season starts. They do still have time to alter that if they choose to. I don't think they will. I think they're going to go with it. And I think those leaks and remember they're leaks, nothing officially put out by the team yet. Uh, but if that is indeed the Jersey, I think it's a miserable effort to represent the city of Philadelphia. Just one man's opinion, and I'm a big fan of every other jersey the Phillies wear, so I'll still be okay most of the time. When I see those jerseys, it's going to annoy me a little bit. It is what it is, just a jersey. As long as they win, I'm a happy man, and we're getting closer to the Phillies playing baseball. They will play competitive baseball games in spring training this month. Yes, it's February, so... Get excited. Baseball season right around the corner. we got plenty of stuff here on Locked On Phillies to get you ready for it, so please make sure you're continuing to tune in. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff that really helps us out. I appreciate it very much. And I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.